A lot of people think that a financial plan represents control, represents restriction. But actually, a financial plan is going to be the very thing that gives you the freedom to be spontaneous, to not plan, to not have control, to not have restriction. Welcome to The One Up Project. Money is fuel that, that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself. And if you're not happy with your own choices, then you're never going to be happy. Hello, gorgeous people, and welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. I am so excited to be here with you. It is few and far between that I get to record kind of while I'm here. It feels like that but I'm not. I've recorded like four podcasts since being here. Anyway it just feels so good to be talking to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting me. It is just I I, I'm so speechless because I feel so emotional about the podcast. It makes me so happy. It fulfills me in levels that nothing or no one else has ever fulfilled. And it just brings me joy a lot of the time. Challenge and joy, which is the best combination for growth. But not everything's about growth. Some things are just about enjoyment. That's what I'm learning. Anyway, we're going off topic. Today we're talking about financial plans. Today we are talking about what does a good financial plan actually look like? How many times have we listened to podcasts, financial literacy podcasts, or just anything about money and someone's like, make sure you have a plan. The most important thing is that you have a financial plan. Usually it's advisors and financial planners saying this. We need to have a plan. I'm like, yes, I agree, because plans are important, they are, and they will save you in so many situations. Planning for your overseas travel, let me tell you, is going to help sustain it so much longer without stress. Not that I would know what that's like. No, it's fine, it's actually fine. But seriously, a plan is really important, and I wanted today to talk about what is a plan then? If we know it's important, how do we actually implement it? How do we create it? Like, what is a plan for us? And the thing is, the reason I haven't spoken about this in the past is because this is why financial planners and advisors exist, right? Because a financial plan is personal to every single person. It is independently and uniquely your own experience so therefore should be your own goals, your own plan surrounding those goals. And I'm not here to tell you what your financial plan should look like necessarily but I'm here to talk to you about what it could look like and what you might want to be prioritizing within that. Obviously you guys know I'm not a financial planner, I'm not a financial advisor, I am a girl learning, I am a beginner but I have done over 160 episodes now, a lot of them being about finances and with people who are financial advisors and planners and so I think that I can collate a lot of the common themes from those episodes into this one and I want to make it as easy as possible for everyone to just go out and do. A lot of the time you know this financial planning side of things just starts with thinking like literally just thinking about it 
what do you want from your life? And a lot of the time, we obviously just want financial freedom, right? Like we just want to have money so that we can do things. We can travel. We can go out for lunch on the weekend. We can treat our family. We can help our family and our friends and whoever else within our community without worrying. We want to be able to do that freely. And a plan can help you get to that. But when you are trying to think about those goals and that why, it's about thinking specifically about what that freedom looks like and starting with one thing. And that's kind of the gist of what we're about to get into. Going over the importance of a financial plan quickly, when it comes to your future, you want to make sure that there will be at least some guarantees in life, some guarantees in your financial position. You know, this gives you stability, security, and the freedom we were just talking about earlier. A lot of people think that a financial plan represents control, represents restriction. But actually, a financial plan is going to be the very thing that gives you the freedom to be spontaneous, to not plan, to not have control, to not have restriction. Quick agenda of today is that we're going to talk about the things that you can include in your financial plan, what the priorities might be, and how you might go about setting these things up. But the first place we want to start is money mindset. And I kind of have avoided talking about money mindset recently because it just is getting wishy-washy and money mindset is a it's a serious thing not to say that wishy-washy stuff isn't serious but your money mindset really does impact how you spend and save money it dictates your habits it dictates the way you think about money your perspectives it's so important and so fundamental to understand your money mindset before you create any sort of plan because understanding your money mindset is going to help you create a plan that's 10 times more effective for you. What makes it 10 times more effective is that it's 10 times more personal to you. To understand yourself is to understand your habits, is to understand how you think about money. Knowing yourself is power. Trust me. What is a money mindset? People talk about it all the time. You might think money mindset is how you think about money. It is the set of attitudes, beliefs and behaviours you hold around money, usually created in childhood. Thinking back to what your family was like when you were growing up, was money really scarce? You grew up in an extremely restrictive household where every dollar was counted, every cent was important and and money was a huge negative topic. It was a massive kind of source of negativity. Money was only brought up in arguments, never in just casual discussions. It was always a negative thing, never like a positive spin on what money is, what it creates, people who have money, any of that kind of thing. Or did you grow up in a house where money was available? There was always money to spend on things, maybe certain things, you know, your family valued spending money on this thing, but maybe not on that thing. And that indicated what you kind of decided was valuable to you in your life. Do you not value money that much because it was always so available to you? So now you have a really bad spending habit and you don't know how to rein it in because to you money just is a resource there to be used to have a great life but you also know that if you go keep going at the rate that you're going you're not going to have a great life anymore. So it doesn't matter whether you grew up with nothing or everything that is going to indicate exactly how you think about money today and that can affect you both negatively and positively. There's pros and cons to each. I grew up in a family very privileged upbringing where Money just seemed to always be there. Like I never heard my parents argue about money or anyone really argue about money ever. It was always just there. It wasn't until I 
grew up and became older that money became more of a stress and I wasn't sure if that's because my parents started to feel more comfortable sharing when money wasn't available and like those kind of conversations but I remember as a child I had no idea really the value of money. We did chores and got pocket money for it but beyond that like the value of money was never really something that I considered although my parents always highlighted the importance of saving and working and I think growing up in a family where my dad worked from when he was really young and had his own business from when he was really young so he always valued working and so my brother and I got jobs as soon as we possibly could. I always knew the value of working for money and having money was always like a thing because that meant independence, that meant I could do what I wanted to. So I always knew that money equals freedom in many ways but I also didn't understand how exactly you got to that point. It was like okay I'll just keep working and working and working to have more money but there was no thought about what I'm actually going to do with that money, what I care about, what I value. I've also worked very hard to become a saver and not a spender. My parents, both of them, are big spenders and I think I've seen how this has worked to their detriment as I've grown older and how this has worked to their detriment of their long-term planning as well and I've always seen that and been worried for myself so I've tried to prioritise saving wherever I could but then trying to balance that with not having this restrictive mindset that money is limited and that I'm only going to get so much of it is really important because I don't want to lean too far into that where I never allow myself to do anything because I'm scared of losing money because I think putting that energy towards money that very restrictive can't let go fists gripped so tightly is not the way to live in abundance and kind of create the the perspective around money that's going to allow you to see it as a tool and not as like a hindrance or a rain cloud over your entire life. So take some time now, pause this episode or just as I'm talking over the next minute, reflect on your childhood and some core memories you can remember having about money or discussions about money and it doesn't matter how dark or how light or how hard or how easy it was it's all going to impact us in different ways and that's completely okay so it's really important to understand this understand what behaviors what conversations what perspectives shaped the way we think about money now so that we can curate our plan to work within this emotional spending and that kind of thing is really important too now that I just think about it like when you're upset do you spend money on things? When I'm upset, I don't spend money on like clothes or items. I spend money on food, which is, I guess, another thing about emotional eating. But that's still money I'm spending on whatever. Like I use eating as a treat and I don't always think that's the healthiest thing to do for my body or for my bank account. I will go out and I'll just be like, oh, I deserve this and I won't even think about it. And I know a lot of people do that with spending on items too. So if that is the case for you, an example of how you would adjust for that habit is having a fund or an account set aside that contributes to that kind of spending. So a you could call it your emotional spending account, for example, and you might put $10 in there every paycheck. And anytime you feel like you want to spend emotionally, that is money that you have to just go crazy on whatever you want it might not be that much it might just be $20 for example but $20 might buy you I don't know a nice breakfast probably not with the cost of living these days but you know it could buy you something (laughs) that just helps you to get that kick without going fully overboard if you know what I mean money mindset we've spoken about the next most important part the why 
I will rehash the importance of the why till the day I die. Honestly. Oh, she's a poet. But seriously, I think that people need to value the core reason why you do something so much more. It needs to be emotional. It needs to be something you connect to. And it needs to set a fire in your soul. <laughs> like I was journaling about this recently just about the why for trying to create a career that offers me the flexibility and the freedoms that I want to have, coming to a different country to try and make that work. Like what what is the why here? Because the why sure is the flexibilities and the freedom, but like even that doesn't necessarily give me the fire in my belly that I need because the comfort zone of home is is also quite alluring but I know that I want the freedom and the flexibility so what does give me that passion and I think this is probably a testament to what most of us care about from a community perspective and what I realized actually set my soul on fire when it came to that was being able to provide for my parents I think that a huge goal for me that I don't often talk about that much is how I would just love to contribute to a retirement for them where they're not having to worry about something like money and they can both be spenders and live their life the rest of their lives in peace and in freedom that to me like envisioning that gives me so much motivation so what is it for you when it comes to your financial situation when it comes to having money having that freedom why do you want that? Who do you want to help? Who do you want to impact? Who or what do you think of every time you decide not to go out for breakfast that week? You decide to sell some old clothes in order to buy some new ones. When you avoid the mall or avoid the things that make you emotional and then therefore spend, what is it you're thinking of that is driving that passion? A little sidebar to this is that a common way of thinking when it comes to money is to keep your emotions and money separate, especially in the share market, for example, we don't want to be investing emotionally, we want that to be something we do out of logic, uh, so we're not investing in individual companies because we feel some kind of emotional connection, but we're investing in funds because we know that practically long term they have the most stable returns and that's best for someone who isn't watching the market and isn't necessarily like a trader for example. But this is the space where we need to get emotional. These emotional reasons are what keeps us focused. It also is going to indicate what we do because it's a part of our goals right so we have to make sure that what we're investing in what we're spending money on or putting money towards we need to make sure that that matches what our goals are but that doesn't necessarily mean we're acting emotionally we're just motivated and fueled by our emotions to make the right decisions when it comes to our finances just to sum up what I was meaning when I was talking about my parents before so for me like the why is a huge umbrella labeled freedom and then there are things like under that umbrella that draw some emotions enough to create the motivation and then to action so that's what I mean when I'm talking about my parents who have given me literally everything they possibly could blessed with such incredible people as parents and so to give back to them is a huge emotional draw card to work hard to save money to keep on doing what I'm doing and so we bring that down to the little things 
I don't need this new jacket. I don't need a really nice car. You know, it's going to interfere with me achieving the things I want to achieve. Now, that's me. I don't want anyone to take that and think, okay, if I if I want to achieve my goals, I then can't have my nice car and the things that I want. <laughs> I hate that kind of thinking. No, you can still, you can do both. But what it's going to do is help you work out what it is you really want in life. So if that car is a meaningful purchase to you, then you will make sure you get it because you're still fueled by your original why as to how that's going to help you along the way. Instead of just buying something for the sake of it, you're still buying it with the original why, the original motivation in mind. So it must be a really meaningful part of your life and you can make that purchase decision without guilt, without doubt, because you know it's meaningful for you amongst the greater reason why you're saving and all of that kind of thing. So it just helps you stay aligned to what you value and what you care about. These reasons may not provide that consistent motivation all the time. Sometimes it might be bursts of emotional energy, but that's what you need to just keep going and to keep the goals sustainable over time. I'm keen to ask you again, what is your why? What is your reason to keep this going when you feel deflated, unmotivated, frustrated? Why should you keep saving, keep investing? It can be as selfish or as selfless as you want. Just make it true and meaningful. So this is the first step and honestly probably half the work. (laughs) I feel so many people don't have a good understanding of this. So once you have this, you just have to figure out how to get there. And luckily, this is where so many of the resources out there will support you to get to that. A few priorities you might want to have in order to align your wealth growth or your collection of dollars with your goals is through investing, getting your KiwiSaver right, budgeting, or creating an extra income for yourself through side hustles. I did an episode all about side hustles, which was a unique side hustle episode, not like do online surveys kind of vibe. And that's episode 145 if you want to go and listen to it. But that why is really going to determine the priorities. So let's just work through it together at a high level. And when I say a high level, because that's such corporate speak, I feel. High level means working through something broadly or generally, like an overview as opposed to getting into the specific details. When we talk about having money long term, growing wealth, building up cash for retirement, there are a few ways we can do it. With your why in mind, you want to think about in what way does this now indicate where you're going to put your money. For example, let's start with investments. So if your why is to have financial freedom, so that you can pass that on as generational wealth to your kids. You might decide that investing in property is going to be the best way to do that because you want your kids to have some ease when it comes to flatting or buying a first home and kind of be able to provide that resource to them. If this is the case, buying one property is going to be the starting point of your long-term plan. And this is also probably where you would want to seek out the advice or perspective of a mortgage advisor to kind of help you get on the right track as to how you would structure that and do that. And this is just an example to kind of show you how your why uh, connects to your goals. So before we do that, but buy a house, we obviously need a deposit. And you can either just start to save and save and save, or you can build an emotional connection to an area and house by looking at the average price of a house and an area you want to buy and then calculating 20% for a deposit amount and that's your goal. So instead of just starting and being like, we're saving for a house and you don't really have a dollar figure in mind, trying to look at where you would want to buy now 
and taking the average house, calculating 20% for your deposit is going to give you like a realistic figure and make it feel a lot more real, like it's happening, like you're going to buy there, you're saving up for a deposit, you know, once you meet the goal, you're doing it. So we've got our saving goal. Then the next question is, okay, with inflation, is it really a good idea to keep my money in a bank account? Because I may be paying more with inflation than I'm getting with interest payments. So the deposit money, we're even thinking now about is saving for a deposit in a bank account aligning with the goal I have. The goal I have is to create general, generational wealth for my kids. On a timeline scale, we might want to be in our first home by this point. So if we want that money to increase in value and not decrease and then have to spend more time saving, is putting it in a bank account really the best idea? Well, in that case, we know that investing can help increase the value of our money at a faster rate than what putting it in a bank account could do, right now especially. So keeping that money in an investment might be best. And then the next question is, okay, what do I invest my money into? Which company or fund and with who? Coming back to our why, our goal, our timeline, that's going to indicate how much risk you can take in your investment portfolio and then where your money should ultimately sit. Is it in a high growth fund that's exposed to riskier companies and assets so might have more volatility but then potentially give you higher returns over time? Or are you planning on using that money sooner so therefore you don't want to expose yourself or your money to too much volatility so it needs to be in a lower risk fund? And I'm just assuming we're going to invest in funds because that's going to be the easiest way to diversify our money at a low cost and probably the most stable over time. So your timeline is going to indicate your risk, which is going to indicate where you put your money. And then over time, as you get closer to that goal, you might want to look at taking that money out of that fund. This is where financial advisors, financial planners, mortgage advisors are all going to be really, really beneficial. I'm just kind of trying to give you an example of why the why is so crucial to understand in order to create a plan that suits you. And it's going to be the first thing that any advisor or professional asks you about is like, what's the goal? So it's important to have that in mind. There is no should in air quotations for financial plans and what they should look like. But Preparation is going to be key. Personalised preparation is a key element to our financial wellness. All that having a plan means is having a system to promote effective habits and behaviours that will lead you to achieving your long-term goals. Effective habits and behaviours might not necessarily be your existing money mindset, right? So this is going to help promote those more positive actions that are going to get you to your goal the quickest. So having a system that works for you is key. Atomic Habits talks a lot about this. I love Atomic Habits for goals and understanding your own behavior. And I just think you don't need to read the whole book. Maybe just look at a summary online and that can give you some really good points as to how to create good sustainable habits. I also did an overview of this book, I think. It's called Everything I Learned from Atomic Habits. I'm not sure what episode it is, but if you just search one up Atomic Habits, you'll find it. So within that system, you know, what is it that's going to help you? Is it automatic payments, budgeting apps, weekly money check-ins, journaling, accountability sessions? What is it that promotes your habits? I can't speak highly enough of accountability people in your life, whether that is an advisor, whether it's a friend, a family member, having someone that keeps you on track and just reminds you, hey, where are you at with this? Or like, how's everything going with this? It keeps it front of mind and you have to act on it. I've really, really noticed the difference in having people who've kept me accountable 
this year especially because I've been the kind of person who I don't like to tell people about my goals and what I'm doing I just like to silently potter away and if I get there great I can tell people and if I don't I don't but I actually think that's been working to my detriment I think there's so much importance in opening up about what you want to do so that other people can check in and of course there's so much importance here with having someone you trust to to help you with this because you don't want someone who's going to judge you and make you feel like shit having a plan simply means you know where your money is going so for the example I gave before the long-term plan is to buy a home but we're keeping that deposit in a low-risk fund so each week some of my pay goes to you know, that fund, some to an emergency fund and some to my travel account. This is not actually my situation, but this is what it could look like. And the rest is for fun money. Like that is a plan. That is knowing where your money is going. So if you've already got that, then amazing. You have a financial plan. Does it align with your ultimate goal? That's where we want to have those check-ins three to six monthly and just see if our lifestyle has changed. What does being financially prepared mean to me? It just means having clarity around a goal and a system that supports it. I think it doesn't take a massive amount of work and like planning and this huge upheaval of your entire life. I think it just is small but consistent steps. Consistency is always going to be the most important thing. To me, being financially prepared or a big part of being financially prepared is having a fat emergency fund because then I just feel like I can go and do anything. I can go and live my life and not have to worry that little things are going to set me back paychecks and paychecks. And so if you don't know where to start with your financial plan, the first one is what's the why? Looking at your money mindset and then an emergency fund and then adjusting your other financial like the other aspects of your life to this. And just another really important side note, Kiwis, if you haven't, if you don't know who your KiwiSaver is with and what fund you're in, please go and figure that out and make sure that you're in the right fund for you. A really, really good website to do this is Better Saver. Not all funds are included on there, but a majority of them are. And it's like a little online quiz and you can see which fund is going to suit you best. Go on there or the Sorted Fund Finder. They've also updated a lot of their tools recently. The Sorted Tools, sorted.org.nz, I think, amazing financial tools on there majority of people especially young people don't have a solid financial plan they don't have control over where their money is going and that will be sitting at the root and the core of all of their stress you just need to know where it's going I know it's really scary to acknowledge what your financial situation is I know that it can be really scary to look at it and to look at how much you're spending and I have been there yesterday trying to go over the rest of my travel budget I know that's different because I don't have like ongoing salary (laughs) so it's actually scary because I've just got expenses and no income once I actually did that and and looked at it I know that I feel so much more in control and I know that I I feel so much more empowered to live my life in the way that I want to because I understand where my limits are. So I just want to go back over the steps. First one is, well we spoke about money mindset first but I think the first thing you want to establish is what is the why? What is the goal? Then what's your money mindset? What are your habits, beliefs, behaviours? Then create a system to support that. So I know we spoke about money mindset first but we want to talk about the why. What's the goal? What do we care about? 
then establish your money mindset. What are the habits, the beliefs, the behaviours that indicate how you spend and save? Then we want to create a system to support that. You might start with your emergency fund, then make sure your KiwiSaver's in the right fund, then look at your budgeting. Start with just looking at your income and expenses and uh, is your income more than your expenses or are you spending beyond your means? Then can you invest? Is that a possibility for you? Then can you add extra income and on side hustles? You don't have to do any of that. It's what's meaningful to you and what relates to your plan. And seek out professional advice if that is within your reach and is accessible to you. You don't have to pay for all financial advisors. Some of them work on commission. I have an episode that goes over this if you're interested. I think it's called Everything You Need to Know About Financial Advisors or something like that. You can just search up one up in financial advisors. Uh, so that's really important too. But hopefully this has given you some kind of starting point to just at least have a think about what a financial plan could look like to you and the importance of it. And I look forward to chatting to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there.